Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks very much, Spike Reel, for that great introduction. Welcome, friends, to the show. I'd like to take a few minutes to uh, or seconds to mention octalkradio.net and their state-of-the-art studio here at the Tech Space Building here in Costa Mesa, right across from South Coast Plaza. You know, they have a great lineup of business and community-based shows spanning many topics, so check them out at octalkradio.net. And I'm going to uh, launch into our first guest in just a second, but just wanted to bring in Paul for a second. And Paul, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. But you said you're only going to give us seconds to talk about OC Talk Radio. We could talk for hours. About we could OC talk for hours. It's such a it's it's a successful station. It's launched many many shows, and we're really pleased to be part of the lineup here, Paul. Who who are some of your new shows that you've brought in lately? Um, we brought in a, uh, a Sandler uh, sales training show, one of the local Sandler franchisees. We have a, show, a very interesting show um, called Catapult Your Business. And yesterday we had on a member from the Conscious Capital, uh, is it the Conscious Capitalism Movement? They're opening a new chapter here. They're based out of San Francisco. John McKay from Whole Foods founded it. Fascinating idea. You can do well by doing good. It's great stuff. So there's a great lineup at octalkradio.net. So please check them out. And now let's get into our first guest today. She is Jana. Hoiberg. She's from Harvest Business Coaching in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we're going to talk about the family business, how to be in business with people you love without hating them. <laughs> love that title. So Is that Jan, even possible? Uh, well, we're going we're to find out in just a second. <laughs> Jenna, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here. And that's usually the question I get is, is it possible? <laughs> Yeah, is it possible? You know, before we launch into whether it's possible or not, I'm sure our listeners are on the edge of the sea, at least some of them are. Um, we always like to start by getting to know a little bit about our guests. So, Janet, can you share a little bit about your background and how you got into this particular line of work? Well, I ran businesses for 30 years while living in Boston, and you're probably detecting a lack of Boston accent because I actually originally grew up in California, so I appreciate the San Diego, San Diego heritage from there. And in, was involved with businesses, Was uh, actually worked with my husband for a while, worked with some family businesses, and also had a number of customers that had family businesses. Then I became a business coach. And one of the things I found is, well, there are so many family businesses out there that mm-hmm. a lot of the challenges became between the husband and wife or the kids or um, the grandma and grandpa or the uncles and aunts and just the whole dynamics in the family business, that there was just lots of information information, and I was found I had some great success with them as well, because it really comes down to communication and boundaries and a number of things that they need to look at things in a little bit of a different way and uh, um, change their mindset on it. And so that's the, that's the high-level, um, you know, one- to two-minute view of my professional background. Yeah, it is a challenge. There's, there's emotional uh, issues that come along with it. There are uh, leadership issues. Um, sometimes favoritism issues, uh, and, and then, of course, all of the normal issues of running a business and trying to figure out, uh, are we going to keep this as a legacy asset for g- future generations to come? And 
If so, when do we need to start planning for that? So I can imagine you have your plate full with, with clients. What types of clients or what sizes, I say, or industries do you work with? Well, the industries are really across the board. The size tend to be within the middle market. I deal in some, you know, micro businesses as well, but there's a lot of middle market types that I am dealing with. And sometimes I've got one client that I dearly love that I'm helping the fourth generation pass the business down to the fifth generation. And that's a rarity because there's not a lot of fifth generation businesses. And the fifth generation is a 30-year-old. And for some reason, he doesn't like to listen to what his dad has to say because there's, you know, those connotations of what he told him to do when he was 11 just sort of plays into the dynamic. So um, so there's a lot of that I do. There's a number of husband-wife um, environments, mm-hmm. and again, they can be all different sizes and all different industries that I'm working with. So just to, to kind of make it clear for our listeners, is a family business in your eyes anybody that has more than one family member working in it? It really is. Yeah, because you're still going to have those issues no matter, even if it's just a a dad running the business and he's bringing his son or daughter in just to do part-time work, there's dynamics that come into play and the whole future may change because of that relationship, right? Well, there's a dynamic if you've got two brothers, you know, a brother and a sister, uh, you know, the aunts and the uncles. And the other part of the dynamic of the family business ends up being is there, I've run into family businesses that have had 14 and 15 family members and, you know, distinct family units. And then you realize if something happens to the business, you're not affecting one business, one family member, you're in affecting the entire generation or multiple generations of what happens to that business. And that's where the emotion starts playing into there as well. Yeah, just a little bit of pressure there, huh? (laughs) Yeah, a minor amount, especially if you're the one that wants to take the risk and no one else wants to. Well, I've always heard in planning that the goal for planning with a family business is happy Thanksgivings forever. Do you subscribe to that? Absolutely, and sometimes the best way to have a happy Thanksgiving is you go to your uncle's house, not your parents' house. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah, what, are, what are the top two challenges that you see on a day-to-day basis with family businesses, Jenna? A lot of it is boundaries, and a lot of it's communication. So it is, if you have no life outside of the business, in other words, if business is brought home all the time, then it's, it works okay for a little while, but after a while that burnout really plays into it and you no longer have a life. And therefore, when things are not going well at work, things are not going well at home. So in a lot of that comes down to roles and responsibilities because so often they say, well, if, you know, well, so-and-so um, does that. Well, they've never asked so-and-so, whether it's the uncle or the son or the wife, whether they actually enjoy doing it. So it comes down to actually a lot of the same foundational things that you have in business, roles and responsibilities, who's supposed to be doing what, and accountability that goes with there, and the boundaries that play into that. And then the other piece really is communication, because the family communicates often in a very different way, because they remember that little Billy did that when they were eight years old, and they little Billy now may be 45 and 6'5", but they still remember that, and they won't let little Billy um, get past it, and as a result, it impacts the business. Yeah, it really does. It brings a lot of emotional baggage, if you will, to a situation because there's history, and uh, the history is it could be something 
silly from a long time ago, but now it's 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 held over, like you're saying. And uh, you know, yeah, I've heard a lot of situations. I'm sorry. It becomes filtered. They filter it through. If yeah. I, and that's what happens a lot is I can go say the same thing that um, Billy says. You know, Big Billy now, and they will listen to me, but they won't if. Bill were to say that, they won't listen to him. I will say that, and they will listen to it. And just the whole coaching just transforms everything. Now, it may frustrate, you know, little Billy that they aren't listening to him. But once they start recognizing it, then they start allowing the ideas of the little Billy to start take hold, and it starts changing the business aspect. So boundaries and communication uh, are the two keys, and uh, boundaries. Uh, talk a little bit more about boundaries. Well, often the best way is just to do it from a, an example. I've got a, a client in town um, here, and uh, he and his wife work together, and he refused to talk about business at home. So he was good at that. However, his wife was busy, and she didn't have time to talk to him about business during the day, so she always wanted to do it at home. That was causing huge conflicts between them. It may sound small, and it's okay for a month or two, but when you're not moving businesses, business decisions forward, that we had to step back and um, create a time where they had to make an appointment with each other to ha- have a discussion about business, and it had to be outside of the office. That just change the whole communication within the office. The employees stopped being frustrated because the you know, husband and wife knew what was going on, they communicated with each other, and business decisions could move. So that's a simple one, but it plays across the board in all other aspects of you know, when you look at boundaries. And today, it seems like more than ever, there's a, a gap between generations. What are some of the current um, generation of, of business owner problems that you see? In some respects, it's no different than the generation problems of 50 or 100 years ago. The technology has changed. You know, the younger generation wants to do things in some new ways, in some new, uh, you know, they may want to embrace social media. Um, it, mom and dad, who might be 60, 65, 55, just sees no value to this whole social media thing and how you're ever going to, you know, get customers. Right. I remember one of my um, clients was talking about when the fax machine was um, first introduced. And his wife thought that was the most stupid thing in the world is why would you ever want to have a fax machine? Well, you know, actually fax machines have sort of come and gone in there, but it's the same challenge of how the younger generation looks at things versus the current generation. It's all a matter of perspective. And it's changing so rapidly. So I think that what you're saying is that the older generation may feel a little bit threatened and confused about the application of this, as all, as many of us are over age 50. And the younger generation goes, no, 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 this is the future. This, don't, you know, you're, you got to grasp this and go with it because um, this is what all of, this is what we're growing up with now. Absolutely. And you can get to the other, um, I was reading a book on uh, millennials and millennials don't like to talk on the phone. It's texting or social media or, you know, instant messaging and versus uh, those of us who are over 50. You know, we lived, we grew up with the phone. That was a way to communicate with customers and clients. And that is just a, you know, even simple things like that is someone who is 
um, of the current, and I like to say current generation because it can be a, a spanning of you know multiple decades, trying to pass um, the business on, and they're doing things so different that that what you get in there is a very high level of fear, and. Yeah. When we were that age and we were going through and trying new things, we had fear, but we had control because we knew what was going on. Now you're passing that off to somebody else. And you also remember, especially in, in the family, you, you know, remember when your kids made the dumb decision at age seven and, you know, and they lived to regret it. Well, are they going to do that now and take the whole family empire down with it? I'm talking with Jenna Hoiberg. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to ask her to share a few stories and some tips, ideas, and precautions that you can use. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. Business succession and exit planning is hard, and everyone says you should start early. But where can you hear a lot of ideas from a lot of professionals so you can decide what's best for you? At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 150 advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Are you frustrated by sales mediocrity? Do something about it. Sandler Training by Bailey Marketing Concepts, Inc. has been affiliated with Sandler Training and the Sandler Sales Institute since 1994, serving clients in Orange, Riverside, and Los Angeles counties. Scott Bailey and Will Christ have nearly 30 years of combined experience selling, training, and coaching their clients in the Sandler Selling Methodology. Their clients range from one-person companies and professional consultants who must build their practices to Fortune 100 publicly traded multinationals. Many of their clients have been working and training with them for over 10 years years. Ask for their free white paper entitled 10 Things That Can Get in the Way of Sales Success. Call Scott Bailey at 949-263-0640. That's 949-263-0640. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you will find all of their interviews and highlights online at exacoachradio.com or on iTunes at itunes.exacoachradio.com. I'm talking with Jana Hoiberg from Harvest Business Coaching in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And Jana, before the break, we talked about some of the big issues, our boundaries and communications in small, bus- small businesses that are family-oriented, have uh, family members involved in them. Uh, let me ask you a question. How do you transition the family business and keep the family relationship intact? A lot of it depends on the perspective that you want to have in there. So uh, one of my clients I was talking with, um, what the dad is doing is he saw how his dad transitioned this business to him. And he waited till he was in his, um, his dad waited till he was in his, you know, 60s and 70s to transition the business. And this business owner decided he wanted to pass it on a lot younger. So what he's done is he's passed it on to his son who is in his, you know, early 30s and has chosen to almost walk out of the business. It doesn't mean he's not CEO. It doesn't mean he's not watching financials. But when the day-to-day operation comes, it sits with his son. And so a lot of it depends on what you want to do in the process that you want to take. But it's is it's creating a plan, it's having somebody in there to help in the communication and mediation process, and then stick to that plan. The other piece of it is letting go. 
you have to know that you've made mistakes. It's a, it is the same concept as to when your kids learned how to ride a bike. You, there's times you've got to finally let that child ride that two-wheeler on their own, and they may fall, and they may hurt themselves, but that's how they learn. And so part of the process of allowing it to happen is the current generation to start letting go and let the kids learn how to do it while they're still around. I've got another situation where dad died, and the son is having to pick up everything, and there hadn't been a transition. There hadn't been a plan because he wasn't, you know, like all of us. We hadn't planned on dying today. And so it's been a much harder process for the son to try and pick up everything and make it happen and deal with the emotion and deal with mom who's involved in the business and trying to pull her out. Great examples, and one of the things we talk about a lot and hear about a lot is the importance of processes and systems. So is it a good idea for dad, for instance, in that situation to let the son put together a process and systems book if it's not put together so he not only learns but builds the processes? Uh, to me, it sounds like it's it's more like learning how to drive. You know, you, you let your kids drive, but you're there to grab the wheel if they're going to steer it off the road. Uh, for a little while, and then you develop a trust and confidence over time. Um, what What are some it, of the first things you talk about with business owners that are contemplating this? It, it, it's very much like that, but I, have, I put a step prior to that. Just because you, Dad, had a vision and you saw where this business go, is going doesn't mean that your kids, whether it's your son or whether it's your daughter, have got the same skills. Some of them are visionaries. Some of them love the accounting. Some of them love the sales. And as the current owner, Dad may have been the great salesperson, but he wasn't good at the financials. Or he may have um, been great at product, but wasn't good at sales. You've got to figure out what these kids want to do. And you've got to let them go to their own passion and desire and lay out a plan that says, you know, you're great with people and you love doing this sales thing, so we're going to let you go run and be the salesperson. That may mean that you have to bring in, Mm -hmm. if there's only one kid that's going to be in the business, you may need to bring somebody in who's going to be the CFO, where dad might be doing it. It's really going and looking at it. It comes back to those roles and responsibilities. Then once you have figured out what they want to do and what they're passionate about, then it is figuring out what's the best way to do it. And and exactly, letting them go make the mistakes and try new things and, and look at it while you've got the guidance of dad being there or mom being there, because there's a lot of women who are very strong at running these businesses, letting them have the input so that they learn and they have a little bit of the training wheels without the parents not being there at all. Yeah, that's so first assessment of what are the skills and qualities of the next generation that's going to take over if that's a situation, or what are the gaps that we need to fill in and start working towards that management. Is there a, is there a trial period? I mean, and a lot of people have, have children, for instance, that are not quite old enough to have proven themselves in running the business and, um, of course, we always advocate if you're going to plan for an inside transition, have a backup plan, have a strong plan B, because anything can happen. Is, is there a time period at which the, uh, the adult, the parent, can stop grabbing the wheel or, or stop sitting in the front seat? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, to use your driving analogy, it's one day um, somebody else says you're now able to do it, and they has given them permission. You also sort of have to pick that date. And I, I think that there is another piece that plays in, into here is I always recommend for at least a couple of years that in the family business, if it's kids that are taking over, that they go work somewhere else. Right. And it, it's that working somewhere else that gives them the impact input, the appreciation and understanding as to what another business looks like, that also gives them that credibility, that self-worth, that impact of I've succeeded elsewhere, and it shows mom and dad that they can be successful. And then there is an aspect that they just have to somewhat take their hands off the wheel, and, you know, we'll go to the driving analogy. Just because my 16-year-old now has the ability to drive doesn't mean I can't ground him for not doing things correctly. And, you know, so there's that's almost that board environment of being able to um, have some checks and balances because we all make mistakes. How this gets done is going to be different for every single family and every different business because how it can be done, the age of everybody is just so totally different that there is no one-size-fits-all, but all these topics have to be addressed for every business and every family business. Jenna, great stuff, great tips. Tell us about a little bit about your book and how people can get in touch with you and find that as well. Well, again, the book name is called The Family Business, How to Be in Business with People You Love Without Hating Them. Almost everybody loves the chapter that says, How Do I Fire My Spouse? That's one of the favorite um, chapters. But you can get the book off of Amazon and just... Put my name in, Jana Hoiberg, J-A-N-N-A-H-O-I-B-E-R-G, or you can go to my website at janahoiberg.com, and uh, you can get the book off my website as well. The best thing to think of is on either social media or web is put my name in. I've been uh, um, told that there's only one one Jana Hoiberg, so it's easy to find. At least I don't have a, um, a common name from there. And you can get information about me, how to connect, email, phone number, all that information as well as the book off of www.jana, J-A-N-N-A-H-O-I-B as in boy, E-R-G.com. Great stuff. Thanks very much for joining us today. And to make it easy for our listeners, we also have an Amazon store at our website at Exit Coach Radio. So as you're listening to this interview or telling your friends about this interview, they can also buy the book right there from the website. And Jana, I hope you'll come back again and talk to us again, because I think we need to hear a full chapter on uh, how to fire your spouse. I think that's a great title and something. <laughs> it is, and it's always a lot of fun. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you very much for having me on. Bye-bye. I, I've been talking with Jana Hoiberg of Harvest Business Consulting, and we're going to take a short break, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 